Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Runners World podcast with me, Rick Pearson. Me, Ben Hobson. And me, Jane McGuire. Today, we're speaking with best selling author Lisa Jackson about running and resilience. I went quite game show host on that. You, you were, did. you were very, very excited, upbeat. yeah. Yeah, thanks, good. I like all right, it. Well, mix it's what it we'll up. need. <laughs> well, maybe you're excited by this topic, Ben. It's an interesting one, running and resilience. It's quite a broad topic. It is. I think Lisa gets into it as part of like a larger coping mechanism for those moments in life when things are bad, mm. long-term, or sort of you're getting over, like in her case, bereavement and those sorts of things. But um, yeah, running just is a, a daily dose of, Good vibes is is very much a useful part of the old life resilience package, isn't it? I think so. There's a bit of science as well, right? I don't want to get into oh, science too much. Yeah, it's gone straight into the science, isn't it? Just a quick bit of science. Look. Standard. So uh, there's been a bit of science to back up the idea that running can make you better at coping. And it says uh, research shows that exercise lowers something called your negative effect reactivity or how you emotionally experience unpleasant events. So having a low negative effect is good, basically. It means you're emotionally stable and running helps with that. So running makes you a bit more um, emotionally stable and better at um, not being overwhelmed by the bad things that life can throw at us. Mm. Well, that's good. Yeah. I'm not sure that's true. I run a lot and I'm <laughs> definitely emotionally unstable, aren't I? It's two people yeah. that have spent a lot of time with me. What about if you didn't run? Would you be worse? Oh my gosh, can you imagine? <laughs> I didn't I say you're unstable. Know. I would just say that there's a your the spectrum of emotion is is wide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> true. Maybe that maybe running doesn't maybe running does help. Maybe I'd be more erratic. I don't know. Maybe I'll try it. Shall I try it for a week? It's definitely the good old-fashioned mood enhancer that I I have always treated it as. Like you know, if you're feeling a bit glum or grumpy or whatever, and a run tends to sort that out. Do you think you are more resilient as a result of, um, let's say, aerobic exercise? It doesn't have to just be running, but Got do you it. think it's made you more resilient in life? I think that there's the element of running which I've always found, which is running has always, always, always been hard. Mm. So, um. It's not sort of like a second. It's not like a oh, I'm I, I enjoy running because I'm good at it, or um, I enjoy running because naturally gifted. All any of those things where I guess that's a different kind of running will probably have a different impact. Whereas mm. I find it hard, so I guess resilience from oh testing myself over and over again. Yeah, that is probably where it comes into play. Yeah. What about you, Jane? I. Don't know. I think, I don't know. I think I use running to boost my mood, but I also, I kind of agree with Ben. I don't know if in the actual moment it's doing much for me, but I don't know. Since the joy plan and I'm not <laughs> putting any pressure on my runs, maybe maybe it has helped a bit, but I don't know. I definitely feel better after a run, but I also think sometimes the stress of having to run 
makes me, do you know I mean, feel more mm. kind of anxious about the day than I probably need to be. Um, so I don't know. This is a really tricky one. I kind mm. of feel like I'm on the fence. I think on some days it really helps. On other days, it's another thing I have to fit in and another yeah. thing I have to stress about. Not with the joy plan though, right? Not with the joy plan. Since the joy plan, I have not... The Actually, the only thing making me stressed is because I've been doing the joy plan, I've not really trained for the half marathon and now I feel really stressed. So this is a this is the first hurdle I'm experiencing on the joy plan and we will see. We will see how it all pans out in two weeks, I guess. Mm. Be fine. <laughs> full of joy. Fine, Start yeah. line, full, full of joy. joy no walk. miles. I guess I wouldn't recommend not training and just following the joy plan if you've never run the distance before. Whereas I feel like I can run, walk a half marathon and be fine and not ruin my body. But I would not recommend that to any joy plan followers <laughs> who just sign up to events and turn up and run them for joy because you probably won't find them very joyful. Won't be that, not much joy there. Not much joy, but we'll what see. What about you, Rick? Um, with the running resilience, I think the, the one time that I felt like it was definitely helping was um, when it just became parent, actually. I felt like there was quite a lot of, there can be quite a lot of... Um, doom-mongering going around of like oh it's it's knackering and it's you know Sorry. like all that kind of thing no not Sorry. you bet actually we had a good <laughs> chat right, for this on the podcast oh, it was very yeah. good um <laughs> but i felt like yeah some of the things that like sort of that running had maybe taught me like sort of like carrying on when it's a bit tiring um a bit of sense of like uh yeah a bit of resilience a bit of like um a bit of energy i think that, that physical exercise it's, it's a little bit of a myth that like running knackers you out i think on a moderate level physical exercise gives you a lot of energy actually and I felt mm. that those qualities were really needed when like became a, a parent for the first time so I felt I had learned some skills as as had my wife who's like a brilliant mum but she's also a really good runner and I think some of those things that we learned together were actually useful in that moment so there you go yeah and obviously let's just covid that was pretty yeah. running was running was all we could do to be yeah. resilient wasn't it so yeah exactly yeah. That was... yeah. yeah we turned to it don't we I think people we turned to it in those sort of times yeah Hey, some letters. Do you want, can you read out the first one? Yeah, what? Me or Jane? Oh, wait. Well, I tell you what. Maybe you do the first and Jane do the second. <laughs> well, that works for me. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is, these are responses to last week's question of when are you happiest running? Dear Rick, Ben and Jane. Thank you so much for all the effort you put into the podcast each week. Gosh, no little do they know. You are welcome. It's, <laughs> sorry. It's become my Tuesday treat, which I love listening to on my way home after a long day of class from teaching year three children here in Leeds. Ah, oh. oh, bravo to all the teachers. Already better. Dan Bright doing harder work than we ever have and ever were. I know. So I know. applaud you. I've learned so much from it and would recommend people to go back through the archives to listen to previous episodes as they're that good. Whoa. This is this is just She's brilliant. Isn't it? This, what yeah. a great letter so far. Okay, uh, praise aside. This week you've asked for feedback on the happiest running memories. Uh, two come to mind. Firstly, whenever I run at easy running pace, mm. you can stop for photos, taking everything around you, and feel relaxed and refreshed afterwards. Yeah, it's a good one. Secondly, when you finish well in a race, for me it was the Leeds 10K 2021. That feeling of still having energy in the tank as you approach the final mile definitely makes you happy. Uh, I even got complimented by a guy who finished just behind me on how well I finished, which was really very nice of him. Thanks again, a very appreciative pod. Uh, thanks again, a very appreciative, appreciative podcast listener and fellow runner Dan Bright. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, yeah, thanks, Dan. Dan. What a nice, what a nice letter. Yeah, nice... mainly because it was full of praise, but also you joined in, so that was great. <laughs> what a nice guy 
complimenting him at the finish line. Yeah, yeah. Why has that never happened to me? I'm always just getting <laughs> elbowed to the face. Well, to... you've got to finish strong, Jane. Maybe you're <laughs> not maybe, finishing maybe strong enough. Maybe that's it. Maybe yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um, I'll go. I'll go for the for the next letter. Um, hi all. My name's Eamon. I'm 47 and I live in Portland, Oregon, in the state. I've been there. It's Are you going to do an accent nice. for us, Jane? Are you gonna... <sighs> I just don't Please think don't. I should. I don't no, want I to think... insult Eamon or <laughs> any of his fellow Portland, Oregon People. runners. Sorry. Um, when I think of when I, I'm happiest running, I think of moments and I think of periods of time. I've had some very emotional moments with marathon PBs that were nothing short of uncontrollable elation. I think we can all relate to that, can't you? When you're yeah, like, oh my sure. God, I finally finished. <laughs> <laughs> um, I still use the memory of my 2019 Boston qualifying 3.17.42 Portland Marathon post-race jubilation as motivation for training. But my happy periods of time running my happy periods of time running are times when I'm making strides I could be getting faster running further recovering from injury or whatever when I see progress as a result of effort I'm a happy runner I could list a number of different scenarios that make me a happy runner but those stood out immediately thanks for the show Eamon O'Reilly I really like that I think yeah it's not always getting faster with it it's getting better whether yeah, whatever a period that looks of time like as well like this happy kind of like you know look back and say i was happy for that month or that kind of that training period not just this yeah. one like one thing yeah and i think when we recover from injury we probably do that don't we because we're like hmm. oh my god i could run for 10 minutes today and that feels so amazing and i love running so much and then we get over an injury and we're like fucking hate this can't fit it into my day-to-day <laughs> yeah, life yeah. so maybe we all need to remember that more they're getting over the injury bits like um it's it's like learning to run again you kind of have that exponential increase of just like oh further and better and oh wow this is so great because you kind of like you've started from normally I guess from very little building back up again so you always get that real like joy of running feeling again and then you kind of like in your head you have that background chat of like knowing what you were able to do before and you're kind of building towards that so that's definitely I'd say up there with the happy bits when you're just like it's unpressured because you just you can't have any pressure because you need to be as relaxed about it as possible because you're getting over an injury you can't add any more to that you've just got to be more like right I'm doing what I can do here we go oh that was great that was oh I'm not I don't hurt anymore wow what a run this has been yeah oh mate completely completely it's actually very nice to get some some listener uh responses in I remember you and I Ben I think we're talking about um sort of recurring running goals like is there is there one like goal that you have each year where you think like um I know that I'm I'm going to be kind of happy enough with my running fitness if I can do this each oh, year. And that yeah. could, that'll be a kind of like, mm. you know, a watermark. Um, mm. And I've signed up for the, the big half in September. And I'm going to try and go under 130 because I always feel like if I can do under 130, then it's like I'm in a kind of in a realm mm. of where I think I'm running okay. Um, do you have one, Jane, where you think, because I think, Ben, you said if you want to feel like you can always comfortably run 10 miles and then you feel like you're kind of like fairly fit if you can do that. Yeah, I was going to say Ben's 10 mile instantly i knew that ben's 10 mile thing <laughs> achievement goal would come up <laughs> i still really like that because it's, it's good, such though. a random a random number isn't it <laughs> like, maybe, maybe not quite it's half just, not quite a thing no, just, it, just, it just feels like a good solid 10 miles can do anything kind of thing yeah run across you can run across town can't you like, you can do a nice long commute via Hampstead heath from where, from where <laughs> i live if that's what you want to do yeah so that's that's part of it but um Hey Rick, mate. Before Jane starts, maybe what's that? The big half's in September, is it? Yeah, third, I think it's third of September. Yeah, right. That's one to think about. I'll come yeah. along, I'll, and yeah, you can yeah. pace me. Absolutely, great. 
Race. Podcast race. Podcast race. <laughs> not done one, Jane. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we all know who would win. I'm not signing yeah, up to Rick. this race. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think I have this weird thing of 20 miles a week. And I don't know why why, why it's 20 miles. I don't know where, where that came from. Um, but even now, I'm still still feel like I have to do 20 miles a week I don't know I don't know why mm. I don't know what mm. that means maybe it's Habit. like the 10 mile thing it's like if I do this every week I will be okay um yeah. and you know we'll sometimes get to like a Sunday at four o'clock and I've only done 19 miles so I'm like better go and it's like <laughs> stupid because why like I'm not training for anything but maybe this is just something that all runners do where we have yeah. like little things that we have to do to feel like we're still a runner? I don't know. Yeah, don't yeah. Know. I, th- I think we get some good responses. I think, if, yeah, if anyone's listening and they've got like a kind of recurring goal where they're like, this means I'm still a runner or this means I'm still fit, then it's podcast at runnersworld.co.uk. But they definitely do. They definitely <laughs> do. And I want to hear all the like, I have to finish on a multiple of five because those are my people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about random, just like, oh yeah, I just have to make sure that I have to run twice a week. Yeah. I want to hear some very, very unique things. Yeah, like, oh, I have to make sure my Strava graph is, I don't know. I just want all the weird, the really weird ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely them. Let's, let's, let's extend this conversation even further and get our guest of the week on. Sounds good. Guest of the week. Here in the studio. Guest of the week. Sometimes on the phone. Could be an athlete. Our guest this week is a Runners World columnist, best-selling author and serial last place finisher in marathons around the world. Um, But she's here today to talk about a subject close to her heart, which is running and resilience. So welcome back to the Runners World podcast, Lisa Jackson. Thank you so much, Rick and Ben. Lovely to be back. No, great to have you back. Um, So you recently wrote in in your column in the magazine about uh, losing your husband, Graham, and and the role that running is is helping uh, for you to sort of come to terms with, with that. Um, could you tell us a little bit about Graham, though, before we start? Like, what was Graham like and what kind of role did running play in your relationship? Well, it was quite interesting because near the end of his life, you know, we had a long, lots of long chats. And he said to me, you know, I've always dug in my heels about running. I've never liked it. He used to say running is boring, <laughs> boring, boring. And I forced him to run nonetheless, um, as I famously always love saying like 25 marathons and two 56 mile ultras against his will because he didn't he didn't willingly <laughs> enter any one of those races um and most of the time it's just he got sick and tired of being my baggage carrier and he just thought oh I might as well run a marathon myself and he sort of said well and I think in his mind he thought god if Lisa can do it I can obviously do it and funnily enough he did the minimum of training for almost everything except comrades um and he really never ever enjoyed running like he just never had a good thing to say about it he was always moaning about it um and but he did say to me, you know, Lisa, I'm so grateful to running, really, because if he hadn't been running, he wouldn't have discovered his illness as early as he did. So he actually went out for a run, um, came back one day. I'd just been teaching hypnobirthing class or something. And he said, oh, my God, I was really, really breathless um, today in my run. And I went, yeah, but Graham, this is because you haven't run for like two months. And he went, no, no, I mean, really breathless. Like I couldn't even get to the end of the road. And I went, oh, my God, I think you need to go to the doctor. And thank God he wasn't one of those men who won't go. So he immediately checked to the hospital, literally had an X-ray the next day. And they said, you've got fluid on the, bra- on the 
in the brain, on the on the lung, and it turned out to be four liters of fluid in his lungs. I don't actually know how he was able to breathe at all. No one could believe he didn't have breathing difficulties, but he didn't. So that's how we discovered he had mesothelioma, which is um, asbestos-related lung disease. Um, and an early diagnosis meant that he could get treatment. Um, he lived, you know, for four years with this illness, which was four times longer than the average person does. We really believe it was because of his running that it strengthens his lungs so much and his personality and character that he was able to, you know, deal with the very, very um, significant side effects from immunotherapy, which didn't work. Um, but also the chemotherapy did work. So, um, you know, we had a lot of, of um, you know, gratitude to running. And also um, during um, his illness um we ran two half marathons together and um he actually wrote about it um for um a running magazine so um running was kind of one of those things that was uh it kept us going it was milestones that you know wanted to get back to being able to run um half marathons um so he actually said to me you know what i'm actually really grateful to running and the other thing was that because i reported on marathons all around the world and he often um wrote articles about the races that he accompanied me on as well um we had some amazing holidays and trips into places that we would never have gone to like uh, fort lauderdale for example uh so he actually said you know i have to confess uh, I kind of, I do sort of, I'm grateful to running. I actually kind of like running and I'm sorry I kind of put you through so much aggro, you know, for all the years that we were together. You, convert, you converted him, Lisa. That's, good. That's I, good. I wouldn't say I converted him. He never, he still didn't want to do it, um, but he did it anyway. Yeah, and no, I've got quite a, um, and I'm always worried about my personality sometimes. I think I am a bit of a steamroller and I definitely steamrolled him into, into running, but he was grateful. He knew it was for the best. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and how has running helped you come to terms with, with Graham's death, Lisa? How, what sort of role has it taken in the, the, the months following? Well, um, when he was ill, like, I didn't run as much as I as I hoped I would. And, and that's really unfortunate. It's very, very common for that to happen. Um, you know, there's certain things that if you're going through a stressful time, you should really put at the top of your list, namely eating well um, and exercise. And unfortunately, um, when Graham got sick, like the first thing I did was buy two massive boxes of marshmallow Easter eggs, um, which um, they're South African Easter eggs by made by Beacon. And you got you bought one and got a box free. And they literally were I don't know, 120 in each box or something. And every day when he was first diagnosed, I would just eat four or five and I'd ask him to bring them to me. And he'd say, Lisa, how about you just have one? And I was going, Graham, I need these Easter eggs. Don't say another word. And then I just eat these Easter eggs. So um, we also ate more kind of junk food that we'd ever eaten in our whole lives. Like, you know, I always say yeah. I never ate food that had a, a picture on the front. So that means, you know, we never ate ready meals or anything like that. And all of a sudden we were eating sort of, um, you know, sticky ribs from Sainsbury's and stuff like that. Um, and that wasn't very helpful at all, actually. I, I just really regret that. But um, at the time, it was just doing anything to get you through. It was a very, very, very stressful time um, with a lot of research that needed to be done and a lot of um, – medics that actually had to be argued against. Um, we didn't have an easy time at all. Um, and so running sort of took a back seat, but then it was interesting, you know, when Graham was in recovery from chemo, you know, that was the first thing we did was trying to start running again. Um, and then while he was sick, I sort of had this little voice in my mind that said a lot of profound things actually. And one of them was running will be your salvation. So when Graham died, I decided to um, run two marathons in his honor, the Paris and the Brighton marathon. And um, his nieces 
we're very, very keen to do it. One of them is now not able to do it. But the other one is really, really taken to running and kept sending me little sweaty-faced pictures of herself. And then I would send a sweaty-faced, sweaty auntie, as I call myself, back to her. <laughs> so it's really, really helped. But unfortunately, I suddenly realized that because I'd been living – with a high level of adrenaline for literally five years because I moved house very soon after Graham died as well. Um, I actually didn't have the fight that I needed in myself to push myself to run longer and also faster. Um, I just I just have no energy at all. Um, and I've also had a massive back spasm from doing too much hot yoga. I could barely tie my own shoelaces I couldn't drive it was just terrible and I suddenly realized there's no way I'm going to do Paris because I can't run fast enough to do 540 and I'm now going to drag myself around Brighton with my niece because I really you know she's trained so much and it would be very unfair of me to pull out I don't I think I'm going to be doing an enormous amount of walking um but the fact is that running has been something to hold on to and to come back to and I think that was the main thing for me is running is like an old friend you know I've got friends I sometimes don't see for five years or 10 years because obviously I'm from South Africa but when I do see them all the years just melt away and you're back exactly where you were and I feel that with running as well it's so wonderful to just think wow I'm moving and now I'm living by the sea so I run by the sea and I don't really care like if I'm, I'm sometimes I've honestly I've had so many physical problems that I actually sometimes feel I can't run between one lamppost and the next and I just go well that's fine you're still moving so I run one lamppost walk the next um and and get through that way uh, so it really has been um helpful to have a goal and to get me out of the house because I think it's very tempting when you live on your own just to stay indoors um and never leave um so running has really helped me in that way as well this is the runner's world podcast Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. How about the um the sort of sense of community that running brings? Has that sort of been something that's you've relied on? Have you got sort of running friends that you've now sort of re sort of, have you've gone out with and you've discovered a sort of like a, a community side of running that perhaps you weren't using before? Well, um because I've moved home, that isn't so much the case. But actually I did my first park run in Worthing um this Saturday. Um and it was after this terrible back spasm, so I wasn't even sure that I could do it. Um but I had obviously run 
a 10k in um, Tel Aviv the weekend before so um, I was plodding along and all of a sudden I hear this voice going are you Lisa Jackson and I was like what and I said how do you recognize me because I wasn't wearing my flamingo hat and she said I'm Sarah Willard I've been messaging you and she's a member of the Foxy Foxy Ladies Running Club whose motto is sweat like a pig so you can look like a fox and I <laughs> nice. vowed that I would join them and I still haven't because I just feel I'm so slow and struggling so much and she wasn't running but was there with her dog and she came with me for the last two kilometers kept me entertained told me her whole running journey which is as you know that's just what I love in the in all the world and so I actually managed to do a full 5k running every step which I wasn't sure I could do thanks to her so that is the thing and then she introduced me to some of the um run leaders at the club and she said you've got to come along and this lovely woman with her Irish accent she said you could come and try before you buy or something like, that's a terrible <laughs> accent but that's how you know what she said so she said come on Tuesday and I said listen I, you can see I came last in Parkrun like how spells like I am so like there's something I don't know wrong with me at the moment and she said no 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 just come along so I think um you know it just made me realize that I'm gonna love that I'm gonna love being you know in a group again um and I'll definitely be going along maybe not this Tuesday because I just feel it might be a bit early I really don't want to hold them back that much but um it's so nice you know this is the kind of running world that that woman has not given up on me I wrote about joining that club I think six months ago and she's still kept on the Facebook kept encouraging me kept saying I'm keeping an eye on you when are you joining us you know and that's just so lovely I, I just think it's amazing what runners are like really yeah definitely has running sort of changed um your opinion about yourself and how strong you are is that something that doing these marathons or doing something like comrades you've actually realized you've got more resilience and more inner strength than you might have previously thought absolutely i, I think you know honestly i, I i'm so grateful to running because I really and she genuinely thought I could never live without my husband. I genuinely did. I met him when I was 18. I think every week that passes that I think, wow, like I remember the first week going, I've lived a whole week without Graham. Like I can't believe this. Mm. And then it's like, oh, I've lived a whole month. Now it's like I've lived half a year. So um, I think, you know, running comrades especially, like that was a dream of mine. But because I'm such a slow runner and it has a qualifying time, um, I never thought I would achieve. And then I put my mind to it and I did. Um, and so, yeah, I just think I am so grateful that I, I know that actually I just I almost have bottomless reserves. Like I'm the kind of person um, who is a very positive person and um, – you know, my, my friend gave me the biggest compliment once. She just said, you're full of intrinsic joy. And that's what I am. I mean, even if I'm grieving for my husband, I'm still like a very joyful, happy person. Um, mm. But I think what running taught me is that, you know, even when I don't feel I'm full of intrinsic joy, I can still push on. And I think the question I asked myself in comrades, because I wanted to give up, like literally, and it's happened to me often, like right from the word go virtually. I just say, can you take one more step? And the answer was always, yeah, of course, you can take one more. So I say, okay, take one more, and then we'll reevaluate. And I think that's how I'm getting through this really dark part, part of my life as well. It's just going, well, can you, you know, have one more project that you want to finish? Can you yeah. make one more phone call to help a friend? Or can you help one more of your hypnotherapy clients? And the answer is always yes. Um, and that kind of pulls you into the future until, you know, the grief from the past doesn't have such a hold over you. So, yeah, I'm terribly grateful to running because – I genuinely say that to people, you know, it doesn't just get you fit. It trains your brain and your kind of emotions to be resilient. Um, and without that, I really am not sure. I mean, obviously, one never knows. You know, you never know um, what where you would be. But I definitely wouldn't be as happy or as, um, 
you know, courageous without it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I think um, in your most recent column in the mag, you talked about running with a, a cancer uh, someone who's recently di- di- diagnosed with cancer, certainly. Um, and that's, I guess this sort of ties in with resilience as well. It's sort of people, other people have used running to sort of find that extra resilience that they might need in, in dark times, as you say. You, is that something that you can, you see more and more now as you're going through it yourself? Absolutely. I mean, you know, that woman was 37 when she got bowel cancer. I mean, 37, you know, it's just life can be so unfair. And she had fallen in love with running and running was the thing that she wanted to get back to. And it just gave her that, you know, that that drive to do it. Um, and, I, I mean, I've, I've interviewed many people who've, who've been widowed before actually um, for articles that I, I, I've written for magazines. Um, and they all talk about um, how running was the the thing that got them through. So it is a grief counsellor. It definitely is. And I know that when my mother was killed um, training for a marathon, um, I remember the first run I did. I was just running down um, the mall and I was just sobbing. I could hardly breathe. I was sobbing so much. But um, it kind of just helped me feel close to her because she was a runner as well. Um, and also I think it just burns stress hormones out of your body because your body just, I mean, it's so interesting. I observe, you know, my own reactions to grief now twice that it's happened. You know, I've had two of the worst things can ever happen to you, losing your mother, you know, and being run over and um, and then your husband of 30 years. Um, and as I observe myself, it's kind of interesting case study. Um, and I'm just always amazed at how much better I feel um, after a run and runs also give you time to think about things because um, when someone dies you know there's so much sadman that you have to do I mean I feel like all I've done since Graham's died it's six months okay I have moved house as well but it's just fill in forms like our endless form after form after form after form after phone call and then just to be able to have that time away from admin and sadman as people call it um, and just spend your time actually thinking about the person you've lost or just reminiscing about where you used to run together or um, how much that person would love um, what you're watching. You know, I have beautiful sunsets here in Worthing and beautiful scenery to look at. Uh, and my husband did come down here, so he knew how beautiful it was. Um, it just gives me time to be close to him. And I think that's very important because when someone dies, it's very tempting to think about the last month of their life or the last few weeks. And that's often obviously a really terrible traumatic time. And um, you forget that there's actually 35 years of backstory that you could focus in, focus on instead. And I think that's what running has helped me to do is to give me time away from all the sadmen to, to rec- recollect, you know, all the good things because there were so many. You're always going to run, Lisa, aren't you? I feel like I talk to you and it's something, it's something that's so like part of who you are and, and you know, it, it's associated with so many positive things for you. Do you ever see a, do you ever see a time when you, when you won't run or do you feel like it's just such a big part of your, your life? There have been many, many times when I haven't run, I'll be honest with you. But um, I just think, you know, now um, when I did my 10K, I mean, I was hanging on for dear life the whole way through. It didn't help. There was a massive rainstorm after one kilometer. Um, So I was running and I was really, you know, in quite unpleasant running conditions. Um, And I thought, how on earth did I ever run, you know, let alone 91 kilometers, but how did I ever run 42.2? It's almost impossible for me to imagine. Um, And obviously with training and, you know, proper rehab and stuff like that because I think I've got sciatica as well I will be able to again like run a marathon or run most of a marathon but obviously I always walk run them but I think um like I my dad runs about 
two kilometers a day every day and he's done that since he was a teenager right. and so it's part of my family's kind of coping life skill set and um so i actually just say to myself now if i even run for a kilometer or i just run for five minutes i'm still running i'm still enjoying it and i actually just decided to take the pressure off me because i got into the 100 marathon club that's what i wanted to do it doesn't mean i have to do 400 marathons i can just stay at 110 marathons hopefully i'll get to 111 with my knees um but that's what i think people also need to remember is your body does change um you get older and it doesn't mean that you have to abandon it you can just downgrade your expectations and so now for me it's still been fun you know i used to always do the beachhead marathon and last year i did the beachhead 10k um and i still saw people i'd run the marathon with and they were still friends with me. Yeah. they still want to talk to me and it's like fine i'm still in that world i just don't necessarily have to put myself mm. through 42.2 and i think yeah. what i've realized is that running a marathon i mean I don't know, everyone probably says this, but, you know, some people hit the wall at 20. I've never hit the wall at 20 miles, but I actually don't want to do it anymore after halfway. And so the rest of that race is always a fight against myself. And at the moment, I just think I've been fighting medical staff, like incompetent medical staff for five years. Um, I've been fighting an illness that I couldn't win against for five years as well. Um, and now I've got no fight left in me, but it's fine. Um, I don't I don't need to put myself in situations with running where I need to fight myself. I can just say, Lisa, you've got the resilience. You've proved it a thousand times. You honestly have. You know, that lesson has been learned you will, you will cope with anything that life throws at you. It's fine. And I don't need to use running to prove that in, to myself anymore. I mm. can just say I'm going to use running for fun and just have a laugh and a shriek, you know. And that's <laughs> yeah. what I do at the end. Like, you know, I think they looked at me in Tel Aviv, like, you know, came across the line like I'd won it, like my arms are shrieking <laughs> away. Um, and, you know, that's that's the way I want to, I want to do it. Um, yeah. And I think I bring joy to a lot of people because for some reason, you know, my flamingo hat um, always like, makes people smile so i have yeah. a duty to be out there on the roads you know cheering people on even if i'm not doing marathons <laughs> yeah oh for sure i don't know i mean i think uh the flamingo hat has to come out i think this is it, it's it just got its, it, although i think the flamingo hat also needs to wash someone actually wrote that on facebook and said she's had that hat for a very long time it must be very sweaty by now it's like yeah i can't remember the last time i put it in the washing yeah. machine <laughs> There we go. So is that is Brighton is the next uh, running goal? So is that the flamingo hat is coming it's out? It's definitely going to come out, and you'll probably see it. They are still out on the road after eight hours because I am not in a good place at the moment. I promise you, this pain that I have—it's actually quite a funny pain because it feels like a man with very strong hands has grabbed one of my butt cheeks and he's like squeezing it <laughs> like for dear life. And I said that right. to one of my friends, and she said, "Ooh, you should be so lucky." And I said, "No, it's actually really painful." So I've got to get that sorted out. It's really kind of hampering my my uh, plodding along yeah. but uh yeah right, well, it's my duty to get that done race done well if there's any chiropractors osteos <laughs> anyone in in, Wor in in worthing listening to this we, you, lisa's got a marathon that she needs to run so get in touch oh yeah. that's sweet. thank you <laughs> lisa thanks so much for, for coming on the runners of podcast talking so honestly about running and resilience i think it's really really inspiring to hear you talk about um the relationship that you've got with running and how it's helping you so thank you very very much for making the time to speak with us it's a great pleasure we convene thanks so much for having me again. thank you thanks so much so that brings us to the end of this week's runners world podcast thanks very much to our guest lisa jackson and to you of course for listening thanks again to dan and Eamon for writing in and to all of you for listening you can subscribe to runners world magazine by going on the internet and uh, typing in the runners world uk subscription finding the relevant url hyperlink clicking on it and uh, subscribing uh, and that will be a good thing to do or just visit runnersworld.com slash uk and just peruse the website as you wish there's lots of uh, startlingly brilliant content on there so enjoy 
You can listen to the Runners World podcast on Acast, iTunes, or your favourite podcast apps. Just search for Runners World UK and do subscribe to get us at the top of your little podcast app every single week. Thanks for listening and we will see you again next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.